Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Nate. We are very fortunate to have my dad, Scott Wadsworth, the Essential Craftsman, with us today, along with Kevin Eckerman. Kevin is one of the lead electricians and project managers here in Roseburg for Cascade Electric, which is a full-service electrical contractor and one of my dad's all-time favorite subcontractors that I know of. He has been talking about Kevin Eckerman and Cascade Electric for decades, and he's a huge fan. You've seen their work at our Spec House project. Kevin is here talking to us about sort of the process of becoming an electrician, the the apprenticeship program, and and kind of what it takes to get started and get certified, and and a little bit about what that career is like. He started as an electrician in California in the 80s and early 90s, and really a great guy. We, at, towards the end of the discussion, we talk about his other side business, which is a photography business, and we'll put some of those links up. And I'm telling you, if you like classic cars, if you are uh, a kid from the 80s and 90s like me, you're going to just love the photographs. They're beautiful. You'll love them even if you're not. There's some really interesting stuff, and he has an eye for it. I know you're going to enjoy this discussion. Without any further ado, Kevin Eckerman, Scott Wadsworth on the Essential Craftsman Podcast. I think the place to start is we. everyone knows getting into the trades and you started a journey, at an apprentice level and journeyman after that. And is that... Can you talk about that a little bit in the in terms of the electrical trade? Is it different state by state or company by company? Are those like official certifications that you apply for and, and receive, you know, as a master electrician, a, something like a test you, ta- you pass? But can you give like a little more detailed view of just some of the titles and roles that people are in as they move through the trade? Yeah. The two states I'm familiar with as far as licensing and, and um, the process is California, where I'm from originally in Oregon where I've been for going on 30 years now. Um, in California at the time I was there, the licensing licensing was different than it is in Oregon. Meaning uh, I was in an apprenticeship down there in the union, but oh. the non-union did not have an apprenticeship. So you didn't have to be licensed as a journeyman, non-union or union at the time. Huh. And Residential or all applications? Uh, I believe all applications. Mm-hmm. So I remember in my apprenticeship, and this was early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, someone from Oregon, from the union in Oregon, came down to speak with us in the union hall about state licensing because they were pushing for it. So everyone, so you had to be licensed to wire someone's house. Because at the time, we would, one of the jokes was, you know, you had to be licensed to cut someone's hair, but not to wire their house. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, and once again, that was then. I don't know. I moved out of huh. California in 94, so I don't know the changes after that. Up, up to here? Correct. So, yeah. we, well, I came back from Las Vegas here in 94, so we here, right. here, here at the same time. Might have passed each other. Yeah, I probably did. <laughs> We're going probably on the same road going north yeah. at the same time, right? But in 1991, you didn't have to have a license to wire someone's house in California. Yeah. That's really as, surprising. Yeah. The, the, now, as far as the... I'm sure the owner of the company or, you know, someone had to have the sure. supervisor, but as far as, you know, they could just hire the company, the shops I worked for in the non-union, uh-huh. they would you know, just hire anybody to, to come in and work. That's how I started. To be mm-hmm. honest, I, I got in and started working with my brother-in-law at a shop. Huh. He had asked if I wanted to come help him. Were you kind of just looking for a job and looking yeah. for something to yeah, do or it, maybe it, give us, I, I should have asked your mm-hmm. pre-story before this moment, but yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I was 19 at the time. And I was working at a furniture plant 
backing in semi trucks, 40 foot trailers, which is how I learned to back things up. Whoa, okay. To this then. day, it's, I taught my wife to back a trailer up, horse <laughs> trailers, because of that. Okay. But so, Southern California, I'm doing that. My brother in law said, Do you want to come work with me for a day or so and see if you like it? If something you want to do, he needed help. Uh-huh. We were roping sure. houses or wiring houses and tracks. Yep, track yeah, houses. Yeah. Yep. Bam, oh, bam, man. bam, bam. Just hundreds of houses. Yeah, so yeah. that's where I very first started. And I called in sick to where I was working and went to work with Chris, my brother in law. And doing that, just roping houses. He had me pulling home runs, doing just basic stuff, but I loved it. I just loved I worked in construction before then. I started in 15 in construction, doing plumbing, framing, just oh. people I knew, family, this and that. Sure. But I hadn't done electrical. So I was familiar with job sites. And tools, general tools yeah, and all correct. that. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and I had some hand tools and I, I was with the process. Like I said, I did plumbing for a couple summers and and whatnot. Did you so, still have the Mohawk? Did you have the I, Mohawk? I didn't have it yet. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. So let, let me, let me, the time frame here. I did, excuse me, I back up, I digress. Yeah, I got my Mohawk in uh, 87. Okay. It was a 12-inch Mohawk. We might have some B-roll of that. I don't know if we can stand it on this channel, right? But it, it was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So- SoCal in the 80s was a little rough. Um, but yeah, I got an 87, uh, had it into 88, and I got it in trade in 89. Okay. And that's mm. the same year I met my wife, actually, 89. So, um, so I went to work with Chris, summer of 89, and liked what I was doing. So I put in my notice, if I even did that. I was 19. I think I probably just quit. <laughs> you know, skater. Was, skater yeah. don't put in Later. no notice, man. <laughs> See ya. So I went to work with Chris, and he was teaching me how to do residential work. And he's a good teacher, and that's where I started learning the rope houses. And it was track homes, like you said. Mm-hmm. And then I worked for him as a helper, and then I hired on with the company that he works for, oh. worked for at the time. Huh. And so I was their employee because he was just paying me. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, he was to, on by the piece. Correct. He's getting paid by the house. Yeah. So yeah, hurry right up. Now. He wanted me to go fast. So, yeah. Wow. So I got hired on by the company he worked for. And and then they had me prefabbing panels. You know, I do that sometimes in the shop for weeks. I would just, because there were so many homes, we would do know all the knockouts we had to do oh. in the panels. Wow. Uh, Break, breaker sizes, locate, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. It's all like you said, it's all piecework. So it, it was time is money. And and huh. they would have me in the in the yard doing that and then they moved me into temporary power we'd go out on track homes and set huh. set you know poles i say hundreds it felt like hundreds i doubt yeah. it was hundreds of poles on site yeah. but doing that uh stringing the the wire the temp wire hooking them up and that's how i le- first learned to work on hot stuff oh wow. you know um stuff like that so it was pretty broad range of stuff even though it's yeah. just residential yeah i learned temporary power i learned some theory and then i got the opportunity one of my friends told me about the electrical apprenticeship the union apprenticeship, you know, it's legit. I'd be learning stuff. And so I was excited about the trade. So I applied for that and they had you do all kinds of dexterity tests and it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It was a trip. I thought just tests go in, you know, they talk to you or whatever. And some of the, and I, I I remember pegs or something. It was some kind of thing. And we we did all this and granted I had a job at the time, but I I wanted to explore this option. So I did that. They, they got back to me and said I missed it by like one person. They only take so many people. Oh. So I was kind of bitter with the at the union at the sure. time. And, oh, you know, I was me. upset. Yeah. And then I'm a skater, they didn't take yeah, me. Yeah, they didn't want me for whatever. And then uh, not long after they called me back, someone had either dropped out or whatever. And I got in. So I was pleased. I was you sure. know, spun mm-hmm. it around. I was happy. Yeah. And <laughs> and Nancy and I were just starting to date at the time when this all happened. And so I got into the apprenticeship program. It was a five-year program. 
California, and it was well-structured, two nights a week. We'd go uh, three hours, two nights a week, and then on the job, we'd work. My um, first job was at a power plant. Oh, yeah. Devil, that's, that's not rope and a track house, No, it? it was quite a change. Yeah. Devil's Whoa. Canyon Power Plant yeah. in Southern California. Whoa. You know, huge turbines, and I mean, like you said, I learned. that's where I learned to burn rigid, bend rigid pipe, thread pipe. You know, all these things. This is a dumb question, but like what, what type of day-to-day work is there at a power plant that's running? Well, we were working on the expansion of the of the power plant at the time. Oh, okay. So, Building new capacity or something. Yeah, correct. Yeah, they, oh, were, okay. they were adding on. So I, I wasn't exposed to that part of it. I see. But on this part, you know, we show up to every day, like every job. And, and um, you know, I, I would thread pipe for sometimes weeks. Wow. You know, that's how I learned to, to thread rigid. And, and so is, then, is that threaded like the way plumbing pipe is threaded? Like it's big enough that the pipe itself has threads cut to, is that, yeah, wow. yeah, all the way from half inch up to, to six inch. We were with wow. big threading machines slapping the yeah, die in there. Wow. Right. Wow, depending wow. on Keep the like oil running and- up to two inch, you know, we would use the, you know, certain type bend, and then we get into the five and six inch five, which we did rarely, uh, at least me. Oh, that's, I mean, you that, have to like a crane to lift those things. That's that is get, something. It was quite a project. And, and, then, and, and there's like conductors inside of those pipes at a power plant. Is that what's mm-hmm. running in them? Yeah. Holy yeah once it's installed. In. It's yeah, correct. Once big, we got it all wires. installed and then pulling in, you know, maybe 500 KC mil copper, you know, it's, or 750. It's like this big around. Oh. So that was pretty exciting. Uh, this was a whole new world to me. Is it, world is it basically like small, like I'll say small, but residential work, just big scale. In other words, you like fish it through there with something and just yeah. machines doing it. Is are, it? Are we, are we, there's different ways. We A lot of times you suck lines in like long runs. Uh-huh. And this is the first time I did that too. And it blew my mind. Uh, you know, three or 400 feet run, no matter the size of pipe, they would have a vacuum or industrial size vacuum on one end. Yeah. Uh, there's two ways to do it. That was one way you'd suck a mouse in. It's a, it looks like a sponge. Yeah. It's spongy material. And it's the size of the conduit. And it, uh-huh. it's a piston. Yeah. Called a piston. We call yeah. it a mouse in a trade. Yeah. Um, and they'd suck that through with a line on it. And it sucks it through. And then you get that. And then you pull it, attach a bigger uh-huh. rope to that. Because uh-huh. it's only a, a small jet line right. that you pull yeah. in. Pull in a bigger rope depending on the size you're going to be doing. And like how many hundreds of feet? Uh, we have three, 400 feet. Wow, I mean, that's it, a ways. It, yeah, it's for the big long runs. And, yeah. and we do a couple hundred foot runs. And to this day, it's, it's, it hasn't changed in the trade. I mean, we still do yeah. that. But one thing I learned on this, one of the projects I was on down there, is they would blow in a line. And they have this deal that, and I don't know the terminology because it's been like 30 years since I've done sure. this. But it fits over the pipe in uh, a rubber piece, you know, that closes off the gaps. It has a little hole in it. And it's compressed air. And they have this little thing that looks like a, like a lipstick uh-huh. size deal and it's a real fine line and it instantly shoot that thing and it i mean as soon as they shoot it, it comes flying out of the other end <laughs> don't oh. don't look down yeah, the gun. And, oh that's another story yeah <laughs> and so it, it shoots out and then you pull a string in so i've done wow. it both ways that was the only time in my life that, I, that we use that on a big commercial project mm-hmm. every other time it's it's sucking it sucking a mouse and in. then eventually whatever rope you get in there it can pull 300 feet of that whatever inch and a half copper line through is it like a, a winch pulling it through or there's how's a, that a, done? a tugger is, tugger. is uh, in the that's a use for the the bigger ones like at that weight because you're right all that weight yes, you know it's yes. one thing to get in the pipe and then right. once you start pulling it's dragging yeah and you're pulling copper wire I, mean, I don't know the weight per foot but that big wire yeah it, it can 
you know. And friction, be, same rule. You can make it through two nineties like that, or no nineties on those. No, you do nineties even up to up to four. It's, four nineties. You know, that's stuff. that's the maximum yeah. for code and also just physics. Yeah, yeah. You know, because too much friction. All of a sudden, you're pulling against yourself. Yeah, mm. up to four, but you try to limit it, but. Yeah. Uh, we've done up sometimes you just can't avoid it with offsets you know those count you do 245s and mm-hmm. 390s you're at 360 you're yeah but yeah pulling those but the tugger and i learned it i learned a lot on these big jobs in california for as far as industrial work which you bring up a good point how do you pull that in you yeah. know, what do you do some of the shorter runs with not a big wire you just you know get a couple guys on it a couple apprentices or journeyman whatever and you pull it in you have a couple guys on the other end feeding push it yeah, so that that's uh-huh. a big thing. If no, they're not pushing on the other end, and you're you're just pulling. Yeah, there's a lot of yelling going on. Yeah, you know, and you can hear through those conduits. You know, it's another thing on jobs, <laughs> four or five hundred feet away. You know, yelling the pipe. You ready? And it's like we're sitting right here. Bam. Yeah, ready. And you can hear each other. That is it, amazing. It, that How is, cool! It is awesome. When you're on a job and you got conduit, do that. Yell on the pipe at the yeah. other guy. And, that you know, is. Yeah, it's so obvious, it. but you, unless you've been there, you, yeah, I wouldn't have thought. Who would have thought of it? And yeah. They told me, and, and that's how we communicate. Before the pull, you know, yeah. you yell back and forth through the pipe. And you soap the line. Yep. Soap it in with the uh, yeah, the wire lubricant, yellow seventy seven or yeah. whatever it is. But soap, yeah. yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, lube it up. And they have uh wire pulling grips. And they're like the best way to explain it, like the Chinese handcuffs where you uh-huh. yeah. put them on it and they pull yeah. against each other. It's a wire mesh mm-hmm. and you can either they make them for all sizes of wire and you, you push them down to, to, to get them to expand and you, you tape all your wires up and you stagger them so you don't have a, a big blunt head mm-hmm. big wires push it in the sock it's called a sock it's at least in the trade go, go get me a sock yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. what it is and a sky hook yep sky- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looking around for that for a long time so you push it in and then it expands out and then you tape that up and that pulls against that wire yeah and because the worst thing ever is you don't want anything pulling off or something breaking that is yeah. it's happened to me yeah. And it is the worst, no matter what size wire. Wow. Um, so back to sort of the career and before answer this and then keep on the, your story, uh-huh. but did you ever have to turn any like massive breakers inside this power plant? I watched a video not long ago of mm-hmm. some guys, I don't know where, but they had to wear this full metal suit and he was lifting these breakers that were like as long as his mic arm mm-hmm. and just this crazy noise. I, that was probably like some old yeah. Russian deal, totally unsafe. <laughs> some, but, Frankenstein. But the in general, I'm sure you can just hear that hum in around these plants. Was that pretty you can, weird? You can, yeah. And I've been in rooms like the, the higher voltage, 4160 is a common voltage for the big plants or the uh, hospital job I was on after the power plant. I was on it for three years. And they had to walk in the rooms full of gear. And like I said, the voltage is 4,160 volts. So you walk in and the hair of my arms stood up because mm-hmm. of the flux lines, you know. Yeah. Oh. And I'm in there and I was, ninth, still, I think I was still 19 at the time, uh-huh. 19 or 20. Yeah. So I'm just this kid going there with a journeyman and he had to do something. It was a hospital. He had to do something hot. He took all the precautions, you know, but he had to get into this hot gear. And I remember they tied a rope around his waist and said, if I get hung up, just you pull me out. I <laughs> go, <laughs> seriously? Sure. Yeah. And, <laughs> You know, it was old school too. You know these these guys, and but for real, he had a rope on him. Wearing the right gloves. Yeah, he had all the correct protection Standing on. Standing on rubber mats and all of that stuff, but he still yeah. had a nylon line back to a kid yeah, whose eyes were this big. Just in case, yeah. And I was, of course, you know, me and I. I know there's another journeyman in there, but we were way back, of course, and did all that. But just the fact that he had to do that puts the fear in you because. Yeah. You know, with that electrical, all that bus work, it all looks the same whether it's energized or not. God, yeah. That's what scares so many people and should, and should. puts the fear, you know, it should put the fear yeah. if you don't have the fear of it. Yeah, you can't smell it. You can't see it. You no. can't, 
hear it really. It's just, and it could it looks the explode same. your your heart like instantly. Wow, yeah. it looks the yeah. same either way. And I, I got hit pretty hard on that hospital job I mentioned um, off of a neutral. It's the hardest I think I've ever been hit, 277 volt off a neutral. Uh-huh. People think, oh, it's a neutral, it's a ground, you're not going to get hit. Yeah. It carries unbalanced current. So, I mean, you can get hit pretty hard. What does that mean, unbalanced current? Just like, like, like something trickling through that's on its way back or something? Or? Yeah, the alternating current like an AC circuit yes. like that. And you have the neutral, you're right, it's got to have a path back to ground. Uh-huh. You know, it's that neutral conductor, it's insulated conductor. Yes. But a lot of people, electricians or otherwise, think, well, it's a neutral. I can't get height off that because it's like a ground. Got it. But I'm telling you, it hurts. <laughs> 277 <laughs> volts. That's that's enough to... So, so carpenters have lots of dumb near-miss stories from cutting into conductors, right? Mm-hmm. And I've, I've done my share of that. And I've never really gotten hit. But I was working mm-hmm. in Las Vegas airport one time. I was working for Martin Harris Construction. And I wanted to get into their tenant improvement side because mm-hmm. I was didn't want to pour concrete all the time. So I was working with some guys hanging ceiling grids up high, high ceilings, but the wires, you know, the number nine galvanized wires that ceiling grids are hung off of, right? Yeah. We're coming from the poor deck up there, like 20 feet up, up in the dark. And I was standing on a peri scaffold, tying the end of this number nine galvanized wire, and the wire end swung around and hit a fire sprinkler pipe. and went, mm. like, what? The wire I was wrapping with. So I went and found a a Sparky and he came back and he shined his light up there and the ceiling wire came down and there was a J box with about three wires out and one of them had a hook in the wire and no wire nut on it and it was hooked right around. Oh, geez. And it was 277 volts. And I was just handling that hot completely oblivious to anything and until because yeah, i was yeah. on that peri till scaffold. it went to ground yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you're on a scaffold i was on a scaffold oh my gosh yeah. boy and that's and that's like you said on a scaffold like i say a lot of times not the shock that kills you it's the fall it's right. the fall you yeah know, boom, a six foot ladder you yeah, know it yeah. doesn't take much doesn't you know, take four much. or six foot ladder you fall hit your head you know so so let me interrupt this narrative but we got to come back yeah. to this because mm-hmm. i didn't realize you'd done that heavy work i just knew mm-hmm. that you knew what was going on i thought mm-hmm. huh kevin's done some stuff so I started using Cascade Electric. I was using them when you got to be the field boss. What's your title there with Jeff? Uh, project manager. Your project manager. So, so you stepped in and took Byron's spot, I think. Or, or Byron was out in the field. He was just he, he started with Jeff, and it was just the two of them. Yeah. And then he turned out, but he was um, he didn't really have Jeff didn't have besides himself didn't really have a project manager. All right. My position until he created it. Okay. So what year was that? Uh, 2003 is when I moved into the office. Okay, so the- so that's 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. So we've been working together for 18 years. Yeah. It's been great. You, you, you've mm-hmm. solved every electrical problem I ever had <laughs> or could have had. So it's been really good. Uh-huh. So you weren't, how old were you? In two, you were still kind I, of a I kid. I was 23. Yeah. 33. 33, that's better. Electricians, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, numbers, uh, that's a problem. 33, but yeah. Because yeah. I, I started with Jeff with Cascade when I was 24 okay. in, in 94. Mm. And then I oh, worked. Yeah, that's right. You were on staff working, and then you went up to the project yeah, manager. Yeah, I worked out thing. in the field for nine years with that's him. That's right. And I, because I, I wasn't really using them much then, mm. I started using them consistently right. about the time. Maybe maybe there was a connection there. There maybe. was something, yeah. that vibe. And I think I remember the job of working uh, up off of uh, oh, the copper roof. Yeah. Dave Washburns. That's right. And I think, and I don't know why that either is it an early job or it was the first job. I don't remember. But I remember dealing with you on that job. We've done a lot of projects over yeah, the years. I, I, actually, that was 2002 or 2003 that I did that job. I so, don't know bingo. why it sticks out in my head. But wow. 
yeah, that uh, copper roof is why. That, 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 that was a $65,000 roof those guys were putting on. Something. Yeah, and I don't know if Dave will ever listen to this, but I pulled up there to bid that suspended concrete deck. Mm -hmm. You must have done some outlets or something for me yeah, we around were, that house. We were doing something the underground yeah. out front. You had a bunch of stuff going on yeah. out there. So I pulled up there to bid that deck, and um, <clears throat> the fellow that put the roof on, I had talked to him, and he said, man, he just spent $65,000 on that roof. Huh. And he had a brand new Mercedes <laughs> compressor mm -hmm. car, brand spanking new. And I thought, wow, Mr. Washburn, I don't have to be easy on this one. Yeah. And it was a great job. It was a mm -hmm. great deck. But that was the first time we worked together. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. funny. So you did the industrial stuff and you started thinking. So you you, you journeyed out down there. What's in the, getting back to Nate's question. So yeah. after you did that work, what's the next level? You're working as an apprentice for mm -hmm. the union and then you start moving up. And what are, what's the designations? What are they called? What's the terminology? Well, they're just the. Mm -hmm. During the apprenticeship, the program that I was in or familiar with was a five-year program, uh, and you had to have, I, think, I believe it was 8,000 hours by the time you, you finish in order to take the journeyman test. Mm -hmm. So That's a it, it's apprentice, like I said, for the five years, and uh, they just we just called first year, second year. I don't know if there's any mm -hmm. more than that. And then you turn out, you take the journeyman test in like I said, in California, I don't know if it was a state, we talked about state licensing. I don't think it was that. It was just, you turned out to be a journeyman in the union, get your card, all that. But three and a half years through my apprenticeship, we got the call to come up here to help family. Oh so, yeah. So I wasn't complete with my apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. uh, so I contacted union up here to try to transfer and they, they weren't hip to take in at the time, mm -hmm. uh, someone else on and, and it just, it, it they, they, there was no spot for me. So I had previous years, like I talked about with my brother-in-law, mm -hmm. a year and a half or two. So I had my 8,000 hours. Mm -hmm. So I, I moved up here, got it documented, and I challenged a journeyman test up here. Mm. Right on. And and got my license. Wow. So aced then, it. You aced it. <laughs> almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I ended up getting my license, put it that way. No, uh, uh, yeah. So I got my license and then uh, – before I got hired on somewhere, I was working at Fred Meyer. I had to pay the bills. Sure. Corey, our son, was two. Sure. And I, you know, I couldn't get working. I did some plumbing up here actually with um, Jeff Lewis. No kidding. Lewis Plumbing. Lewis plumbing. Through the temp agency. Yeah. 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 I, I needed work. I had, like I said, I had to work. So I. Now, what year was that? 94. Yeah, that's when I got here. Yeah, okay. Got it. So I, I put in with the temp agency before I got hired on at Freddy's and just to do work. And I'd done construction. So they sent me out with Jeff and it was like we're open house because we're running the poly pipe, yeah. you know, and, and running home runs, you know, back yeah. to a central manifold. Yeah. Manifold. Thank you. Running that. So I was right at home and, and Jeff was a great guy to work with. I like him. Yeah. And so I did that for a while and a month or two, and then uh, he didn't need me anymore, but I hired on a Freddy's just to, like I said, to pay the bills and Cascade was doing a remodel in the optical department. Mm. And this was right after, I think at this time, right when I got my license. So I was, I was eager and I went and talked to Bill, the guy that was working, the journeyman that worked for him at the time. And he said, Oh yeah, I think he's hiring. So I went and called Jeff, went and met him. Got so Jeff was him. a little older than you are. He's kind of between our ages probably. Yeah. He's, I think he's seven years older than I am. Yeah. Yeah. So he started the company in 90. I hired on in 94. Yeah. Wow. And, but uh, yeah, I went and met him. And then from there, um, I turned out and got my journeyman card to answer back to your question. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I, I skipped the last part of my apprenticeship because of my previous work experience. And you tested through it. And I tested, of, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the process, even in California. But I tested in Oregon for mm -hmm. the state licensing, got my journeyman test or journeyman card. And I have a general journeyman license. I, I, I'm able or I'm 
I have the requirements to take the supervisor's test, but I, in my position, I haven't had the time or desire to. Yeah. I mean, I, I supervise electricians, but I'm not a yeah. supervising signing electrician. Yeah. Um, but I can still run work and do all that underneath Jeff's car. Yeah. So, so explain the difference between a journeyman card and such, and just a contractor's license, because a, a contractor, a electrical contractor has a, and this will vary state by state, I'm sure, but, mm -hmm. but even still, so an electrical contractor can only send out trucks with someone with a journeyman card in it. Is that, is that how those two things kind of interact or what's yeah, the, yeah. how do those stack up? Cause yeah, the, my boss, Jeff, actually, he has uh, his contractor's license. Uh -huh. He has two licenses, the CCB, I guess. With the, That's probably a general license and a specialty license. Correct. Yeah. It's that. And then he has his, um, supervisor's card but you're right to, to send us out to work or anyone to go by themselves out to do work not, not an apprentice they have to have their, at least their general journeyman card regardless of if their boss has a contractor's license Correct. or not the, the individual interesting we like i couldn't go work for jeff even though i knew the trade yeah. i've been in it for a number of years at that time or without, a handful of without years a card i couldn't couldn't get hired on in the wow. state of oregon oh, that's and uh, who is that is there a who oversees that? Is that the the contractor bureau in the same licensing department who does a contractor's license yeah, is also correct. managing journeyman cards for yeah. electricians? Yeah, we every three years we have to test and redo our wow. our um, licensing. We can do it online now. Yeah. Well, for years they've been able to do it online. Yeah, but before you know they they mail something you have to do it. So we just do it online hmm. every every three years we have to test. Are the hours so let's wrapping this segment here so if someone is brand new and they're like yes i want to do that i know this is the thing for me mm. are the hours still ballpark like kind of what you went through is it still like eight thousand hours start working mm. for someone as a employee not i guess underneath a journeyman as an mm. apprentice is that how, how does it work for someone today who who called cascade tomorrow mm. saying i i'm bound and determined to be an electrician what what do you tell them we send the, and we get a lot of those calls too by the way and there's a through UCC, Umpqua Community College is the non-union apprenticeship, which is who we're affiliated with or mm -hmm. where we would get our apprentices from or where oh. we do. Mm -hmm. So they have to get into that program. We can't just hire them on. Oh, so you say you, call UCC. Yeah, Correct. You, you can't hire them and send them to the program. You go to the program and say, we need, we need right. some boys. And that has changed. When I first hired on, granted, I was a journeyman, but during that time frame, if you were an apprentice and you were in the program, you went out and found a job. Mm -hmm. That's how we used to get our printing. Right. Yeah, that's what I would have guessed if I was. And that's, huh. yeah, and that's how I preferred it. Sure. Hiring guys on. I mean, you got to meet them. They did their own thing. You know, you see that how ambitious they are. They're so right. Sure. Now it's more, like you said, you, I say call the hall. It's not a union hall, but you, the college, they, there's a yes. list. Mm -hmm. You send them out. When we interview for apprentices, I think you can interview three apprentices on the list. So and you, you, you got to pick one. You do get some pick options, of yeah, but, but, but it's it's pretty narrow field, whereas huh. back in the day, you were able to more one-on-one -on -one and, and yeah. go sell yourself. Mm -hmm. But you had to be in the program, though. Huh. Or, mm -hmm. So yeah, you have to be in the program. Someone tell you that, back to that question. You need to be at least here in the apprenticeship program enrolled and then go through the process I just said. You might have to wait on a list. There's guys that mm -hmm. have been waiting depending on the, the length of list or the how much work is going on, who's hiring, who's not, you know, in the slow times, you can, guys are working in the mills or wherever. Do Fred just, Meyer, whatever. Yeah, Freddy's, yeah. I say we work there in, until the spot opens or whatever, and then. Um, and that's one of the things that sort of, um, 
weeds weeds through the herd, right? The guys that want it bad enough to get something on a temporary basis, right. and and I want to be an electrician, and so I'm going to do something to pay the bills. But when they call me, I'm going. Oh. You know that that that's part of the sorting process. Mm-hmm. It is, and and you're right, and you see that the the eagerness and the yeah the ambition and hungry dog. And, you know, yeah, you're hungry, and you, and you see that. I've seen it through all the guys that are in our shop now. The journeymen have come up through our shop. So that's one of the things about Cascade Electric that is sort of exceptional from my perspective, a a continuity in in the faces that you're going to see on your jobs. You know, the same guys are driving the same vans for years. And that, that from a small general contractor perspective, that's a very comforting thing. It, you have some idea what to expect, you know. Yeah, very little turnover. Yeah, yeah, you're right. yeah that's it, and so what that says that speaks to two things: good boss and good good employees. Mm-hmm. You know, that's been pretty pretty good thing. So, so yeah. some uh, of our viewers didn't like on our electrical trim video seeing wires stabbed in the back of outlets, and I've <laughs> I've seen in other videos people mm-hmm. smugly saying like, "You never want to do this." Mm-hmm. You know, and anyways, could you speak to that? Because I've always looked at those outlets, and I'm kind of like. Well, then why do they put the hole there? So mm-hmm. will you give some professional uh, clarity yeah, sure. on this? Yeah. Uh, to use the term again, back in the day, just going back in time, uh, the receptacles, the general receptacles, uh, probably commercial and residential grade, they've always had the, the stab in, or they have for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. But they used to be able to stab up to number 12-gauge wire in it, like you'd run in a kitchen or bathroom, a 12-2 NMB mm-hmm. wire, that gauge of wire. And, and I'm not, it's been a lot of years now, I lose track of time, <clears throat> but a number of years ago, the, the industry switched to where you could only stab 14 gauge wire into it. And it would only accept the smaller diameter. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, um, just connection reasons and, you know, whatever reasons they had, but it here. And I, like I said, I can't speak for across the nation here. You know, I don't know the NEC it's, it, which is national but electrical code. Yeah. Uh, it's not a violation to, to stab them in the back. Now, if I pull a plug out, on one of my jobs or some, just a service call. And, and if there's four ports on one side and they stab all the wires in there, I do not agree with that. It, using the device as your connection point, you know, if that device fails, you lose everything down the line. Oh, got it. So inst- so using everything just to pass through the outlet as a... Yeah, I think... Get, yeah, got it. You know, um, and I don't... I haven't seen the video yet of, of, that we are talking about with, with camera, for instance, but... Um, as the norm, I guess, on our jobs, if there's more than two wires coming in, I'm, I'm I and the boss, and we're pretty comfortable stabbing mm-hmm. a wire in, a wire out, let's say, 14-gauge mm-hmm. wire. And we typically pigtail, but it, a lot of times, meaning we, we pick him down to one wire mm-hmm. into the back of a receptacle. This is on 15-amp circuits. On 20-amp circuits, I know you, you can't stab in, but even before then, you'll always wrap around a screw. It's just mm-hmm. a higher ampacity and better connection and... And then all amp. commercial jobs, correct. And then mm-hmm. all commercial jobs, that's how they're all done. Mm-hmm. Residential, you'll see that. And I know people, some people don't agree with it. Some do. It's Yeah. So I can know. see a legitimate um, concern if in the past the hole would accept either a 12-gauge or a 14-gauge wire. Well, obviously, there's a little more slop in there. Mm-hmm. If you put in the 14 and an opening that's going to mm-hmm. take a 12 also, I can yeah. see where the connection wouldn't be that secure. But mm-hmm. it's hard to see now with, with manufacturing tolerances and the NEC's obsessive compulsive drive to be safe and insurable and all that it's hard to see that that would be anything other than 
reasonably good practice to put a 14 gauge wire in a hole designed for 14 gauge wire that doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a problem to me no it doesn't to me to me either except like I said in the case where yeah someone get lazy and they, they don't pigtail or they don't they're using that device again mm-hmm. yeah. for because i've seen it countless times mm-hmm. where half a circuit's out or half the house is out it's because of plug <laughs> they got four wires stabbed in the back of one side and it fails or burns up a bad connection and you lose everything down the line. Everything's gone. Mm-hmm. So if you pigtail them and that device goes bad, whether it's a switch or an outlet, you're not losing everything else. Hmm. You're only losing that one plug I or see. that one device. Yeah. So there's, I say pros to that too. Sure. Sure. To pigtailing. But back to the stabbing thing, I guess they would get on me too if you were videoing me and I was trimming out <laughs> because I would, on a, on a 15 amp yeah. circuit, I would stab that back in. You bet. And, and so us, me as a consumer, you and I had a, so obviously this spec house is on a different basis than a lot of hard bid jobs. Mm-hmm. But with all the variabilities of how much time is the camera going to waste and all these kinds of things, I just called you up what a year ago now said kevin give me an idea what we're going to be up against mm-hmm. and you said okay how big's the house okay it's, it's going to be in this range and you guys are going to be right there i mean that's, mm-hmm. but i was quite happy to have those guys doing whatever they could under the um oversight of simon mm-hmm. to get it done in as as efficient a way as they could and i mm-hmm. still sitting here i'm quite happy at the way that that all of that was made up and trimmed out and put together i think i got my money's worth and it's a good it's a nice tidy job yeah thank you and simon speaking to him uh, he he's a good electrician in whatever he does but his i say specialty what he's really good at or really fast at and super knowledgeable is residential work mm-hmm. which you got mm-hmm. the, you yeah. and the viewers got to see yeah uh, he hired on with us I think he was, I believe he was 19 or 20 mm. and he's 10 years younger than me. So he's like 40, 41 right now. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah, yeah. been around a long time. Yeah. Uh, he went, when things got slow, I think it was in 08, things pretty much stopped, mm-hmm. you know, for everybody. Yeah. In that time frame, he'd gone to work somewhere else just to keep working, but that's right. It came back. That's right. And he wanted to come back, you know, and I, I pursued him when we had an opening and, and he wanted to come back and he came back, but yeah. we have a long history, the company and, and Simon and me personally with yeah. Simon, but um yeah he just he makes every he and and, and all our, all our guys do but you'll see him they make every move count and that's a difference you know in the speed issue yeah. of it yeah being effective and doing you know thinking ahead three steps yeah he swapped you know. out the panel in my house in like an hour and 50 minutes it just didn't take him any time <laughs> it's something, you know yeah, yeah he really cranked it it's just that but simon's gonna be real straight with you i mean i remember that i had him on a little remodel we did down there in winston off happy valley road you remember that mm-hmm. yeah that might have been the first time or second or third time i thought wow this guy's kind of this is not a friendly individual and after a while i realized oh wait a second that's just simon i mean he's mm-hmm. not mr popularity he's mr productivity yeah. and man i'll take it you know he's, mm-hmm. he's that's just his that's the way he rolls yeah, he you get to know Simon like 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 I said, Nance and I have known him since he was probably twenty. Like I said, mm-hmm. right around then, and good friends away from work. We, we yeah. have been for a lot of years. But he's uh, you know, a dry sense of humor. Yeah. He's just ter- but just like you know, if you meet someone once or twice, you know, you don't really know yeah. him. You get to know him. You know, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's just you know Simon. Yeah. We love we love him. But <laughs> yep. he, yeah, he's a great electrician and and he's a, he's a real good teacher. Yeah, uh, same with Ryan. Ryan's yeah. a great teacher. Yeah, I've noticed that both those guys mm-hmm. are, are they, keeping keeping their guys working, mm-hmm. keeping the work good, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, no nonsense. Yeah. Are there are there 
predictable items that are tough for apprentices, even a couple years into their apprenticeship to like click about the trade or about electricity or what, what things are like, just, you just can, you know, they're going to take a while to. (laughs) I'm laughing because I, I know from me and I've seen it in other apprentices and sometimes new journeymen, if they don't, if they're not on those jobs coming up to the, to their apprenticeship, three-way switches, four-way switches. Mm -hmm. It can seem like the devil, you know, seem like this big thing, you know, and it, once you get the theory of it, it's real simple. Mm-hmm. In my apprenticeship in in SoCal, I they had us. I, I got the theory of it. I know I did houses before then with my brother in law, but I didn't do makeup. Mm-hmm. I just ran wire from A to B for mm-hmm. the most part on those tracks. And then homes. you're on so to the I, next one, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't know the theory of it. I knew that this wire went from there, and I, I got that down real good. But I, I, they didn't have me on makeup, mm-hmm. you know, making up the boxes, and that's where you can really screw things up or. Yeah, you know, things are right. But three-way switches, that's one thing I think that gets a lot of people. It got me for some time, mm-hmm. even as a new journeyman, like I said. Because coming up here, when I moved up to here, it was coming off those big commercial jobs. And I did the resi, like I just said, but I didn't do makeup. So as a new journeyman, I had problems. I didn't admit it to anyone, mm-hmm. probably till now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just with, with three-way, just not doing it. Yeah. And But once you do it and you get the theory, then you throw a four-way switch in there. Mm-hmm. And people blows you know, up again. Just, ah! and it's, it's it's the same thing only different. I mean, with the three way, you just I won't go too much into it, but you you could add twenty four ways in between two three ways. Yeah, and it's the same thing. It's just you get to learn about travelers and this and that, yeah. and it can really be intimidating. But did you just say twenty four ways in between two three ways? <laughs> Don't try to explain that to me, but I that just makes my head start to throb. Oh, see, that's I mean, it's it's just uh, it's the same wire that runs in between, and it's just uh, if I did a three way to a four way, the wire that I ran, I could do the same thing and just keep going to end on the three way. Oh, as long yeah. as you got your power, it stays on the same mm. end or whatever. But I can't stuff take like it, that. I can't take it. See, his head's going, <laughs> <laughs> but. Stuff like that to answer your question. That, that can be, at least for me and, and what I've seen, can be intimidating. Yeah, that for sure. Be, and especially because I could imagine a guy like you get it in some new houses mm-hmm. and then you go to like a repair or a remodel and you're like mm-hmm. only looking at, inside the box and you're like, I could imagine sort of like, <laughs> oh man, I thought I got this, but no, now I'm that, looking at just like two inches of red and black and what's going on? No, that's a, a valid question. Too, or, yeah, you get to that and stuff you haven't done yet or you get thrown out there as a... And I'm going to back up a little bit in the apprenticeship. You said the stages and stuff. Yeah. When you get to up here, it's a four-year program through the through the college. Okay. But when you get to, I think it's the last six or eight months of of your apprenticeship, you get your, your work alone card. I mean, the state mm-hmm. issues you your work alone mm-hmm. card. And we can send these guys out by themselves. Until then, they can't work without a journeyman. Nice. On a job. So you get these guys, you send them out on stuff, like you said, where- Maybe they've come up yeah. to the apprenticeship, whether it be here with someone else or whoever, doing a lot of commercial work or a lot of residential work. And then all of a sudden you're sent out by yourself. Mm. Uh, even if you're paying attention to journeyman, you're not doing it all yourself. Yeah. And that's where the teachers come in, like yeah. Simon Ryan, all our guys. But that's a lonely of, feeling. It is. And, I, and I, I've seen it on the guys. And I, me as a new journeyman, I, granted, I wasn't working alone, but I was really in the same. I was really like a an eighth grade apprentice because I jumped through the mm-hmm. last part of it. So I got thrown out on a job, do a service change. Yeah. You know, and, and what, me, yeah. Are you and, coming and, with and me? Back in the day like that, we used to go up and, and j- cut the wires up at the oh, weather. Really? PPNL wasn't coming out. Yeah. They, you know, they were cool that, you know, yeah, that's fine. It, it, Cause wow. before they got the big corporation that bought over like 
Yeah. The power company here. And they went crazy. Um, it was good old boys back then. So we'd go up and we'd cut and then we would strip out the end of this wire hanging up there and hook up our, our temporary power, mm. you know, piece of Romex to hang down with the, the mm. tape up a receptacle on it. So, you know, you could work. Uh, wow. <laughs> and it doesn't fly now, but I mean, uh, all this stuff was pretty scary because I've worked on some hot stuff on the temporary power, but yeah, you go out this thing, you're shutting off a customer's power and it's got to be on before you leave. Power company's coming back, clock's ticking. Yeah. Go. Yeah, you know? for sure. <laughs> like I said, it's, yeah. uh, oh, it's like a house with kids in it. I could just imagine that pressure. They're like, <laughs> when's the power come on? Yeah. It's summertime and their AC's off questions. and you're like, my, uh, my hopefully fridge. by. <laughs> Can I get a drink out of my fridge? You know, my freezer, this or that, or like you said, when it's yeah. hot or cold, oh. this and that, and it's all these factors. And like I said, Simon can change the panel an hour and a half, you know, and that uh, some are, are a lot more difficult. Sure. I'm not saying that one was real easy. Right. But I mean, no, I'm with you. Some of the service changes, I mean, where you're yeah. changing, you're relocating the meter, you know, the riser, yeah. panel feeder. You got to do your grounding, bonding, plus get all the circuits in there. But just that feeling of vulnerability, and it depends on me. So I re there was a comment on the channel yesterday, and I, I don't remember what video it was under, but it articulates this. And, it's, and the guy said, I'm starting a big remodel tomorrow and no one is coming to save me. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm alone. I'm on the Island. Yeah. It's me and Everest. You know, I'm either going to get up there and get down alive or I'm not, and nobody's coming to save me. And so yeah. it's the same feeling. The first time it's yeah. gotta be, you yeah. got your card, you're driving the van, there's nobody in the seat next to you and you're going out to do, you're not sure what, but you've got the work order and you hope you can do it when you get there. And that's where Ouch. you're hoping that theory comes in because yeah. it's, you know, you try to use that theory, even though it's something different. It's the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, the theory part of it, you know, and, and that's when you start to pick up the experience of, okay, I've seen this before as you move along, whether it's an apprentice or a journeyman. Seen it before, it's not the same, but I wonder if, and then, you know, you find these things that people are like, how in the world did you know to look there? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm super genius. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, just because before, like, you know, under manufactured homes, they're their own whole another thing mm -hmm. you know but there's a lot of times there's plugs underneath these mobile homes with the skirting up and who knows to look there for a plug if yeah. you've got a problem with gfi but all these things cross through your head crossovers on mobile home and all these things you only gave them experience but if you're out there like you said you haven't experienced it and you yeah. didn't happen to be on a service call with your journeyman and you're out on this job and you're in a mobile home and you don't want to call back to the office yeah oh, don't don't Kevin, make the call yeah the, the lifeline you save that for last you know, <laughs> you're not going to hear the end of it but yeah it's that and you just gotta take a breath mm -hmm. and and i mean i've been there even now i get to think it's not like i know everything i know almost everything sure hmm. but <laughs> yeah uh, i like to think so but sure. um yeah you just gotta stop and narrow things down okay this is theory and then figure it out. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. You decided you wanted to be an electrician, and now you've been an electrician for a good long time. Mm -hmm. Is it anything like the life, the life, not just the electrician, but mm -hmm. life capital writ large? Mm -hmm. Is it kind of like the life you were hoping with as a, as a pro electrician? Yeah. It's been really good to me and my family. And I like it. I like construction just like, like we all do, but being out and doing stuff. I know I'm in the office now, but I, I'm still out in the field. I love all that aspect of it. Financially, it's a good trade because you always need electricians, you know, no matter low voltage, mm -hmm. higher voltage, whatever, service calls, there's always a need for it. And it's, I've been out of work. Well, let me back up. I've been in the trade 32 years and I bet you I've been out of work probably not more than two, three months maybe total. 
Wow. And part of that was because of your accident. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was 13 days. Yeah, I was off 13 days for that one. But uh, yeah, but as far as yeah, being out of work, because, you know, I'd always, um, there's always a need and I've been quite fortunate in that. Hmm. And, and then being with this company, I've been with them 27 years. And I, I don't know if I've been off besides time I've taken off or been injured. Yeah. Um, so yes, I, 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 it's been good to us. Good to me. What what do you think about maybe and maybe we'll finish on this the the trade is relatively similar but the tech and LED the voltage used and consumed by houses it seems like it's changing a lot like even as in the last five years mm -hmm. and on top of that I know there's a general shortage of tradesmen and electricians in general I was talking to a an electrician this week and and the podcast here who he said something like he predicts there'll be a little more actually a lot more like low homes wired with low voltage using things that homeowners themselves can more easily sort of modify and such. Do you have any insight or what do you think is, do you think there's any change in, I don't know, um, materials or workflow or anything around the electrical well, trade? Yeah. With the LED has become so prominent now. You're right. And you can get a lot of stuff at Costco or Home Depot. I mean, the consumer yeah. homeowner can plug yeah. and play yeah plug and play and it's just that and and the usage you know it's so enticing because it's a fraction of the the draw yeah you know, whatever it is it's crazy and and just the trade the broad spectrum you know long ago or up until i say recent years you know you have your on a commercial job for instance i know i'm switching over to commercial but sure. um you know you have your high bay thousand watt metal halides and you know the big Big, like, it, like in my shop yeah exactly that's a good example those fixtures you know and they would die in the ballast you know you'd have to change the ballast out and they're quite expensive yeah and, and all this involved now they got the for pretty much i mean it, it grew, it's changing all the time for the better i mean yeah but retrofit lamps where we go to that same fixture like those ones in your shop for instance mm -hmm. okay it's dead well we don't have to change the fixture out we go out and they're direct wire right to the socket and yeah. they have their own driver inside these lamps inside really? the base yeah so you, you thread them into the socket and away you go yeah same socket you just cut the ballast out power comes in you know you normally to the ballast hook it up to the socket screw the lamp in your LED. wow it is great and it's like that all the way down i mean you know for for any uh type fix like that so it, it really changed the game as far as the cost of for the customer and stuff having to change out whether it be a, a the pole light, I mean, we've done retrofits in parking lots, mm. you know, the, where, the, where they have the older style fixtures and it's a fraction of the cost for the customer, labor and material wise. I mean, the lamps are expensive, but you know, they should outlast all of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Typically, I know they sure. go out and stuff, but you, you, you take the ballast out of the equation. It's yeah. the same with strip fixtures, fluorescence. We've gone into buildings and done retrofits in stores and otherwise where you leave all the fixtures in all you're doing is bypassing that and putting lamps in. Wow. I mean, we did it for the power company. <laughs> and they're building. We did a retrofit for them. That's uh, a sweet sort yeah. of a circular payback <laughs> right there. Call us. <laughs> so, but uh, we did that. And then there's all the energy trust rebates now. I mean, which are good incentives for the homeowner. Help us and the other contractors get projects because there's sizable rebates mm -hmm. when you're going from T12 fluorescence and other things to, to LED. You, know, mm -hmm. you get money back. I mean, they pay us the job, but then it's all worked out ahead of time and they get, you know, whatever money just paid right back to them. Wow. 
energy trust. So it's a good incentive. But yes, that that's what I see changing a lot is LED is, is a big mm -hmm. deal. In yeah, I, I wonder at some point, are the, are the engineers going to start like drawing house plans differently, knowing like, okay, all the lights in the house could probably operate on like, I don't know, one or two, instead of like the quadrant kind of system and rooms and mm -hmm. outlets. You know what I mean? Like, like mm. a whole house of LEDs, how many uh, amps would that even take? Like one 20 amp breaker might do the whole thing, right? <laughs> it might. They add, I mean, they're like a fraction of an amp, you know, depending on the, yeah. the wattage. I'm just wondering, it seems like to some extent there's going to have to be like, okay, we got to, with this technology of these, LED, even just LEDs, we got to start designing these houses a little differently, knowing that the, the lighting and mm. I don't know what else, more low voltage things are just more a part of, every room yeah, right like the smart houses and yeah. stuff like that and smart devices and and you've seen a change in the panels like forever it's been i said the maximum size for a residential panel is like a 30 40 yeah 200 amp 30 40 so you got 30 spaces but you can put up the 40 breakers in it with twins then like that for as like as long as i can remember i mean as far as the maximum for a resident now it's i think they got 30 60s mm -hmm. oh and i didn't I mean, know that. that's like the standard panel Oh. For at least the wholesalers in the area here, uh, Siemens has them, I believe. I know Bryant Cutlerhammer does because that's huh. we typically use Bryant, would be our style panels. But, and I think that goes to what you're saying is when they first came out, I'm like, well, why people are, if there's space, people are just gonna put breakers in it and all of a sudden you'll be overloading. But so much stuff is changing to yeah. on new installs. So maybe that kind of answers my question. They are sort of making I room so. for people to like add more that, things that's yeah. my take on it I, mm -hmm. I, no one's ever explained it to me on, on why they changed but i think that is why yeah. it, it, so so let's that. let's flip the switch down mm -hmm. on electrical for a second and talk about photography Ooh. You, you have you have for the past double handful of years really mm -hmm. immersed yourself in art photography mm -hmm. um I, I remember when all of a sudden you started getting some stuff up and some shows around here and mm -hmm. you came out and took pictures in my shop and mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're kind of one of roseberg's photographers yeah. So how has that happened, and what what's what's that? What what does that seem like for you now? I mean, you're coming to the end of 32 years of wiring. Mm -hmm. A guy can take pictures for a lot longer than he can than he can drill holes <laughs> overhead in Joyce, right? Mm -hmm. What are you thinking about photography, and and uh, what's it done for you? What what's the hobby aspect contributed to life as an electrician? Yeah, it's a, it's a great outlet. First of all, I mean, I, for me, you know, I between skateboarding and photography, I don't have many. I don't have any other vices really, luckily <laughs> nowadays, yeah. for the last 30 years I haven't. Um, so photography, yeah, it started back to that as far as just like I say, next level of my hobby advancing into it. Cause I have a small business now. I have a, a Rancho Ecarosa photography. So I- Rancho Ecarosa photography. Let's correct. make sure everybody understands that. Yeah, and I, Last name's Eckerman Rancho Ecarosa. Got that, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but I have a, a small business, you know, and I, for tax purposes, I started it, you know, the, as far as that, but uh, registered the state, so I have all that. But to go back even further, uh, just taking pictures as a hobby, and I was submitting them into the phone book, the phone source. That's and, right. And, you know, it's a big thing for me. I was super excited to get a picture in the phone book. I mean, it's still cool. I, I remember. I dig it. Yeah, and, and then I made the cover, you know, this phone book, and, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and I was, and this was, I don't know, 12 years ago or something like that. Yeah. I took pictures long before then. Just a little after I stepped into blacksmithing. All of a sudden, you're coming with photography. Yeah, I was like, oh, we were just on these, you know, yeah. these paths. So I, the, um, an article, the news review wanted to do a, an article on me just to 
personal interest story um, because the phone source is to a news review. And they thought, well, he's got a lot of pictures in there. So they contacted me, did a story on me, just an editorial, which is pretty cool. And from that, the Ford Family Foundation. That's right. They they saw the article, and I know some people there just personally and professionally. And they contacted me and asked for some commission work, some black and whites in rural Douglas County. So I did seven photos. Of, they just kind of gave me an idea. They didn't say, go take this and go take that. They just said, you know, the kind of a broad range. And I submitted to them some, and they picked out seven. And they're, they're a permanent display. They're up in there, in there now. That was my first commission work and and got paid pretty good for it. And it was like, oh, I could, this could be That's something. Not bad. I could buy another yeah, camera with that. Someone wanted, the, the fact that someone wanted to buy one of my pictures blew my mind. Yeah. And and then seeing them up, they got little plaques and stuff. And I, I've, I've probably cycled my whole family through there. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it's in their main building so the public can go in there. You know? Yeah. But to there, so that was that. And on the heels of that, uh, I did a show at uh, Fisher's Flowers. He used to have a gallery over there on Harvard. Mm-hmm. And I, I went in, a uh, lady named Jennifer Tarver owned it at the time. And I went in and I bugged the heck out of her. They have two galleries in there. And I was unknown at the time, but I just kept bugging her. And I'd go in and, hey, you know, can I put some stuff up? And then I made a, I got a portfolio book made through Shutterfly, mm-hmm. I think. And I brought that in to show her. And finally she gave in. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, you know, I got a show in that, that June, whatever year it was. And it wasn't that far away, but she said, can you have this many pieces and this and that? Oh, sure. You know, I don't know how I was going to do it, but I had this vision where I wanted to print my stuff on metal. Yeah. And it wasn't real big at the time. It's quite prominent now. And not that I'm the first one to do it, but I mean, in the area, it wasn't, you didn't see a lot of it. So I wanted to do the whole show on metal. They print it on aluminum. There's no frame. Hmm. It stands off the wall about an inch. So it kind of floats on the wall. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, just saved up and started get buying these over time. Yeah. And I had them ready for the show. I think I had 14 in the show. Yeah. And I ended up selling 10 of 14 during the show. Serious. Wow. Blew my mind. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I was like, really? And yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then that just led to, to another show, another gallery. And then uh, I started doing work for the UV magazine. Hmm. Uh, Umqua Valley magazine. Yep. Great magazine, and uh, for the Umqua Valley in the region, yeah. and doing work for them, um, just whether it be for ads or I did a couple for stories for them, and it was just cool. It's just mm. a side job, you know. And but they wanted I was doing a, a series for myself about the underground Roseburg, yeah. And being in the construction trade, as we know, for a lot of years, when I was in the field, I was up above buildings and down below mm-hmm. downtown Roseburg, and beautiful craftsmanship and stuff is just covered over you know drop mm. ceilings or whatever uh-huh. basement yeah. areas that are just no one ever sees them yeah. you would never see them unless yeah. they're working doing, on them yeah working on them or they own the building or something mm. and it was bugging me that no one could see all this stuff so mm. i was doing this i did this photo series on it and talked to the editor at uv magazine and he wanted to do editorial photo editorial mm. and they did it and it came out um i'm not sure what year now but it was pretty cool it's the whole thing and it, yeah. it's and they asked me to, to write something up about it. So I wrote this little thing. I'm not a writer or, you know, a yeah. professor or nothing, but I wrote this thing up and just kind of blah, blah, blah and gave it to them. And that's what they used in the story. So they actually used yeah, it. Yeah. I was like, whoa, look at that. And they gave me credit and everything. And I was talking about, cause I'm stuck in the 1980s. Everyone always teases me about it. You know, still wearing Vans. I have since I was like eight years old or whatever, yeah. 10 years old. And 
So I'm stuck in the 80s, but in the article I said, I want to take you back to the 1880s. <laughs> oh. This was turn of the century. Yeah. And I found a lot of old stuff. So so that was another stepping stone. I got that out there and then uh, do another gallery work. And I have stuff over the coast now in galleries. And I'm with the, the gallery committee at the Art Center. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And then tonight you're delivering a couple pieces to, of commissions yeah, for people. Yeah, some, some, some other yeah, work. And they'll get some B-roll of those shots. It's, it's just been yeah. neat to watch this sort of blow up for you. It's, it's been, been fun, really neat. Because yeah. uh, it's your passion, man. And if a guy doesn't have something, I mean, work is work, yeah. right? But it's nice to have something that ignites some yeah, you gotta real have, feeling. And, and Nancy, my wife, she's my pack mule. Mm-hmm. When I'm out taking pictures, sure. <laughs> she'll have my, Carrying my the gear, gear on and stuff. And, and she knows, you know, we've been together so many years and, you know, I don't have to say much, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> and she'll hand it to me. You know? <laughs> and, um, but it's another thing for her and I to get out and do, you know, yeah. it keeps us, you know, happy and doing our thing. So it's so a long-term, yeah, this is what I want to be doing. This is my retirement deal. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm going to get rich and famous by doing it, but sure. something I can do in retirement. Yep. And and who knows, you know, where that'll lead. Yeah. But you know, you know, to get real acceptance in the art community, though, you got to bring the mohawk back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, if I had the hair to do it, yeah, this is about it now. But uh, uh, yeah, the, the hawk. The hawk. Yeah, it was, that was That's something. Awesome. But yeah, and. Uh, no, I, I still got all the, the piercing holes. I had about eight. When we met, Nancy and I, I had, I think, eight or so piercing safety pins. And mm. you see all my holes in my ears still? Safety <laughs> pins. And I had about 20 vices and doing all this stuff. And it was it was a lifetime ago. Yeah. But uh, some of those traces are still around, still skate. Yeah. Like I said, and you brought up the, the injury. Yeah. You um, tore your leg off a few years ago. Yeah, about broke my, my left foot off and still got the compression sock on. Wow. <laughs> but this foot was turned all the way around. Uh, I did it skate invert in 2017, oh. October 14, 2017. And how old were you then when that happened? 47. 47, <laughs> yeah. skating a 12, dropping into a 12 foot bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't understand why he tore his leg off. No, I, and I, I still don't know how I did it. I mean, I, anyhow, coming down, yeah, and I, when I slid to a stop, I came down on my knee pads and I was grinding the coping in this bowl and I, I came off my board, slid to a stop, and I didn't really feel it at first. And really? I, I kind of looked down. I was on my knees and I looked down and my left foot was turned almost 180. It was spun all the way around. Wow. And Nancy was up sitting in the bleachers. Um, oh. She was taking pictures of me skating. Sure. And actually took a picture of the run before I broke my leg. I had that <laughs> immortalized, you know. And then, <laughs> so I came up and I did it again. And I was doing this run all day. Dropped in and I was grinding, came off, and I'll sn- shatter my leg or my, my mm. ankle and my foot. And I yelled up to Nancy, it's broke. And <laughs> she's like, what? And some adult skaters were there up on the on the edge of the bowl. They came down and drug me out of the bowl. And um, and then oh. I was in surgery and this and that. And a friend of ours put me back together. So <laughs> Brandon Bishop has sat in that chair before yes. on our podcast. Okay, yes. so we're this, this is this is some of Brandon's work right here. You yeah, can go back and check out that episode. Together. Yes, uh, I, two plates and 16 screws wow. in, in this leg. And the next spring I was skating, Nancy, or no, it was the next fall, excuse me. She bought me a longboard for her anniversary mm-hmm. in, in 18, which was the, and got me back on a board. So. Oh, that so. is too cool. Well, hey, th- can't thank you enough for coming on. And um, we will link to your, uh, is your art online? Do you have an Instagram yeah, have a for, your, for your own uh, website and stuff? Uh, EcarosaPhotography.com. Okay. We'll link to all of this in the description so people can take a look at it themselves. And. I don't know if this picture has been, it might have been concealed a little bit, but we'll put some shots up um, as well. And Kevin, thanks so much for coming. And um, hopefully we'll have you back one of these days. 
No, this is great. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. You've helped me a lot over the years. Yeah, I appreciate it, Scott.